Hello everybody and welcome to episode 102 of the Agile Podcast. If you've not listened before, in this short podcast, uh, which is a podcast at a pub by the way, uh, myself, Paul Goddard and my Agile coach and good friend Jeff Watts talk about all things Agile in the time it takes us to drink a couple of pints. So this week we're down in Exeter an old stomping ground for me. I used to work down there, but we stumbled across a pub called The Prospect Inn. Again, one of my old drinking establishments when I worked down there for BT. Uh, And we got talking about coaching and a little bit about something called intuition, Uh, particularly around a game that I run in my improv courses called Intuitions. And we talked about how useful intuitions are for us as coaches, as scrum masters, as agile practitioners. That diverted a little bit into uh, a bit of a a debrief of a Netflix documentary, which I won't spoil too much about now, but uh, we hope you like this episode. Uh, We hope you keep listening. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, let's play the jingle. Here we go. Cheers, Drive. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to you. I feel like we're whispering. Are we whispering? Or is, the, is the volume good? We're getting watched. Who's that? Hello. No idea. They're waving at us. Yeah. They're just watching us set up. Are they? Got, I've got observers. I've got an audience, albeit mm. an audience, inside the pub. We're the sitting outside because it's a nice evening. Your, uh, this is one of your locals. This is um, days gone by. Yeah, this is we're in the Hi. <laughs> we're in the Prospect Inn in Exeter. Did you come here when you were, used to live here? Yeah. So well, I only really came here really after during work hours <laughs> um, when I should have been working at BT. So Nigel Baker, if he's listening, will know this place. He will know the Prospect. Um, it's a, and it's it's about I don't know four hundred yards from the BT building, just down there. Is it? Yeah, it's still there now, Exbridge House. Still being used? I believe so. Maybe not during lockdown, but no. in, in general. But we're um, on Exeter Quayside, so this we're is... We're 50 very, yards from the river. Yeah, it is a The river... X. X. Being an Exeter, <laughs> it's the river X. Um, and we are uh, in Devon for a, a bit of a fishing trip tomorrow. Which, for our international listeners, is on the south... <clears throat> south southwest of England. Southwest of England, on the coast. But we're outside because it's, it's chilly, but it's a nice kind of autumnal, sunny evening, isn't it? It's getting to that time of year when you need to make the most of yeah. what's left of the remnants of summer. And we're joined out. There's a lot of people outside doing the same thing, I think. Mm. Nice I mean, point. there's no need for shorts. I mean, shorts is pushing it, mate. Yeah, I've got my shorts on. I've but then my legs on camera. But then you have got your own insulation. Yeah, I've got my own... Uh, on her suit legs. Yes, yeah, so for those that don't know, this is where Paul's from. Yeah, this is my uh, neck of the woods. I, my parents still live about 10 miles up the road. It's in Crediton. In the same family house? Um, same family house for the last... Well, but you lived there. I lived there, yeah. 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 It wasn't the first family Not house. Not where you were born. No. But I was born in Coventry. But no, we've, we've my fa- family have been uh, in Crediton for... Well, since I was six, 30. Do you know much years. about this pub? No. Okay. Do so, you? 
No, but we're by it. You can see it on the camera. If you're watching on camera, you can see the prospect steps behind us there. The prospect steps. And if I, I assume it was named after, or the steps were named after that. the pub. I don't know which came first. Let's have a look at it because it's a, there is a bit of history here. I think. Well, any see pub what, near see the what river Google says. It's got to have some history. In the pirates. The pirates live here. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look at their website. That is the stereotypical Devon accent, by the way, international listeners. <laughs> you good on accent here. Good accents. <clears throat> what, do, what are you drinking while I'm, while I'm oh, looking yeah, at where Oh, yeah, good point. Well, I'm, when, in, when in Rome... What's the end of that phrase? When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah. So, um, Devon is known for its cider, so I'm drinking cider. I'm drinking Sheppies, which is clear, very light, a bit bubbly, nice and cold, and... Sweeter than I expected it to be, I'll be honest. It's more of a it's more of a jazz apple than a than a gala or is a Granny it? Smith, I okay. would say. Okay. Good. Um, but I don't think Sheppies is actually a local cider. Is it not? Sure not local. Sheppies I think is Why are they stocking non local cider? I think hence the name. I think that's um Somerset. Mm. Um But this apparently this this pub is haunted. Well, it is now we're here. No, let, let me so let me see. Haunted Hostelries. It's listed on hauntedhostelries.uk. Not only is this 17th century inn well haunted, it is not only oh, oh it is, okay, forget that. Uh, ghosts on the quayside. Um, several incidents of a poltergeist. Noisy presence felt in the pub. Crashing sounds as beer barrels roll over in the empty yard. Mm. So it's a 17th century pub that's apparently haunted. That's quite old. Do you, have you ever had any sort of ghostly experiences? Uh, no. No? don't think so. so. I mean, I, when I was little... I Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? No, I don't think so. I, but I'm very, I get scared very easily. Yeah. And I could be I could very easily convinced, I think. Would you stay in a haunted house? Would I stay in a haunted hotel or something like that? Yeah. No. No? <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts, but no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Where's the logic there? No, I just don't like being scared. <laughs> okay. I don't um, like um, I don't like noises in the night. I don't like um, I don't like unexplainable things. Yeah. I don't believe. I don't think I believe in ghosts. I don't think there's people like walking around. Spirits. Spirits. I don't. But I don't. Equally, I don't like the the, the prospect prospect that there is one. Mm. Prospect, prospect. But I'm drinking. <laughs> let's change the subject yep. quickly. I'm drinking Sanford Orchards now. For our, I'm sure our regular listeners will know that Sanford Orchards is a local cider because this is made near my parents' house. But it's on tap. No, you're not drinking that. You're drinking Devon Mist. You're just in a Sanford Orchards glass. Yeah, but it is. It is. It's made by Sanford Orchards. Oh. Um, so it's Devon Mist, but it's made by Sanford Orchards. And Sanford Orchards is near my parents' house. So regular listeners will know that I drink this a lot at home. But in pubs down in this... It always tastes nicer. It, 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 the pubs down in this neck of the woods, you tend generally get it on tap. Pressure. And it's beautiful. It's mm. a buddy. It really is. I'll have that next. Um, I was going to say something there. That's just made me think. Yeah. Probably because... Oh, oh, this is so loopy. Probably because on the way in the car, you mentioned about intuitions... But, I did, yeah. But the concept... Well, no, while you were talking about... No, while we were talking about ghosts... Yes. So I don't really believe in ghosts. 
then often the conversation then goes on to well, how do you explain some of the, the weird stuff that happens yeah. Um, yeah, can you contact the dead can you that kind of stuff um, and I don't want to go down that route but the sense of well, people ESP mm. you know, extrasensory perception um, ghosts feeding you information or whatever there's a little chill down your spine when someone is said to have walked over your grave all these little things yeah um, and that that sense of intuition as a, as a superpower I think is all tied in together yeah and I think that's a for me that's something I see develop the longer you are in a relationship whether that's a professional relationship like in a team or in, in like with me and my wife yeah um, because you just develop patterns over time yes. but because it's so slow you don't really notice it so you can kind of expect what people are going to say yeah. or what people are going to Second do guess. and I, yeah so I did just last, last Wednesday I did um, a game in my improv course based on intuitions hence the conversation the way down but it is it's something that you can you tend to the longer you've been around someone the longer you've spent with someone and teams all work experience as well we've worked together a lot and we've you know um, we've done jobs together we do courses together so we know we've, we've grown to know each other to, to start to second guess slightly probably not as, as, as well as families and relationships that's different but but I still think agile teams can still grow that that sense of intuition mm. and you'll get to a point in meetings where teams are happy to make a decision in the absence of someone yeah. because they'll say I'm pretty sure Jeff will be alright with that yeah. and it's a second guessing um, that can increase that sense of decision making that flow around mm. moving forward uh, not feeling the need to over analyse something and uh, go with it more instantly we actually use that in a concrete way it just reminded me when we were part of a of a virtual team working together as uh, volunteers and so there was no expectation in terms of you have to be there full time it was you were doing this almost out of the goodness of your heart in your spare time yeah but we didn't want that to slow us down so we want because if you're not going to be there very often often things can drag on we're all remote so we're all remote. we couldn't rely on face to face comms all the time no we're not always going to be there different time zones and stuff so Basically, I said, if I'm not here for one of our meetings, then Paul has my vote. Yeah. Because Paul knows what I would say. Yeah. And it would even be a case of, if you thought you would agree with it, but I wouldn't, yeah. then you would be able to put that forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, like you said, that's, that is something that grows within a team over time. And we'll cut there while we eat our food. Oh, hi, it's me. It's Paul again. Sorry about this. Sorry to interrupt, but I just thought I needed to remind you about our Patreon account. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash the Agile Pubcast. It's a place where you can go to become a member of our Agile Pubcast group. Uh, For just $3 a month, you can get access to some really cool exclusive content, which isn't available on this version. Anyway, enough from me. Let's carry on. Cheers, all. Yeah, so intuitions is a it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's we did a, it. I think we did it in a class. <clears throat> we haven't ever done it once in a class. No, I think we've done it a couple of times. <clears throat> but it is um, well, no, it's a scary a lot, thing for a lot of people. Yeah, and I got a lot of you can tell just even on the Zoom call, people this week were kind of like. But then I I um, I demonstrated it, and amazingly, it worked. Well, do you want to okay. demonstrate it for the tape? Yeah, what with you? No? Yeah, why not? Okay, so the game of intuitions. Here we go. So. Um, Make three statements. 
So I would make three statements about you, and you do this in partners, and you can alternate. You could make a, I can make a statement, and you can make the same statement back to me. We can take three. In. Okay, just keep it simple. So um, the first one is something that's obvious, and you just you start your observation with, um, "It's obvious to me that you're wearing a black coat today, Jeff." I am. I'm so wearing Jeff a black wearing coat. A black coat today. So you kind of build your sense of intuition from something yeah. plain and obvious. Start, start easy. The second statement is, um, is started with the words, I noticed that. So it's something that's a bit more powerful, a bit more obscure, perhaps a bit, that took me a bit more harder to notice. Okay. So again, I'm looking around now, I'm looking at your hair. Um, I noticed that your zip is, is, is not quite done up on that side, the side of your... Uh, that's true. Your, uh, your sleeve there. So my intuition tells me, this is the third bit, the third bit is something you, you claim, you mm. stake based on your intuition. My intuition is you came out in a bit of a rush from the house today. Okay. Because, and that's mainly led from the fact you weren't quite zipped up properly. Okay. So you kind of build that, and that intuition may be completely off. Yeah. But it's, it, um, it's something that if you practice it, if you build on it, as a coach, you do, you can, you will be more confident in stretching an observation that little bit further, mm. and you never know when you might strike um, on a good, on a good chord. And is it what happens when you do strike on a good chord? Well, I, for me, you, you tend to build that sense of um, empathy a lot and that connection a lot quicker, a lot, and almost to the point where it's oh, you must, you must, maybe you must really know know me quite well, or you, that's, am, I, am I really that? Yeah, you notice that. Thank you, mm. thank you for noticing that. A kind of um, mutual respect you gain from being perceptive, emotionally. Is it, is, it the, is it the fact that you're perceptive, or is it the fact that you're taking the time to care? Well, I think I think it's <coughs> probably um, probably a mixture. That that observation does take time and does take that perhaps that little bit more um, deliberate looking and noticing. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and tear that apart a little bit. Not tear it apart; it's the wrong phrase. Um, but just pick it apart a little bit and say. And this is me putting myself in your position. Yeah. Which again is quite fractal, because I'm thinking that you're putting yourself in my position. So when you've seen that zip undone, yeah. you've thought, oh, whenever I've subconsciously, yeah. Whenever I've left the house in a rush, yeah. That's one of the things that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. And and so that sense of yeah, you are almost literally empathising with that. You're you're personifying with me. We, we all do that. Yeah, we're, we're all um, guilty of that every now and then. And that yeah, that's one of the I don't know. Is that fair? Is that a... possibly not? It could be assuming that you're doing you know you're doing something that I would, or you'd you know you'd suffer the same. Do you think that's that part do. of your intuition? I think. Or are our cognitive biases naturally filtered into that? I think so. I think there is a bias in that. But I think, so from having done it a couple of times and from speaking to people who have, with almost complete strangers, mm. um, and it's interesting when you do this online as well, so, and doing it on Zoom this week, you can, obviously, when you're on camera, you perhaps are not just looking at the individual, looking at where they are, mm -hmm. their situation, their house, their, what's behind them as well as what's yeah. uh, in front of them. And or the virtual background that they've chosen. Well, that's it, and that so that that's an interesting thing because I think that does, to an extent, deaden your kind of 
your observation level because mm. what's it's a, it's a it's a distraction but for me personally but it's still data as to what you've chosen as yeah that? yeah yeah and there was one instance this week where one lady had got almost a, just a complete white background it wasn't virtual so it was just against the wall mm -hmm. that had very little uh, background on it and for me that's harder because you you know you have to look a bit further actually into person mm. themselves yeah and what they're doing <clears throat> kind of reminds me of um a documentary that i saw recently yeah and it's i suppose it's a little bit i know you're a big fan of darren brown aren't you you, you love his stuff yeah. and um i've auditioned for darren what, how would you get in how would you what would you describe darren brown as is he a, is he, he describes himself as a mentalist a mentalist mm. yeah and there was a TV programme actually called The Mentalist, which I quite enjoyed for a while. Yeah, my wife did it. And it's not about having psychic powers, no. although on the surface level it can seem like that. Yeah. It's being open to the patterns that often we just ignore or, or don't notice. Yes. And um, yeah, just it was, a, it was a documentary that I watched on Netflix recently about Tony Robbins, who was, I don't know what he would call himself, but I suppose he would probably call himself a coach, um, but very different to the kind of coach that I would call myself. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, he he in the documentary anyway he picks people out of the crowd and, 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 and tries to notice things about them and on the surface it looks a little bit like he's intuiting stuff mm. but really it's probably just a pattern that he's seen quite a few times yeah. uh, and taking the laws of probability and what he can see he's, uh, he's drawn the conclusion that this is probably similar to what he's seen before. Just the sheer number of cases he's seen. In a similar way to improvisers. Mm. Yes, they are dealing with technically the unknown, but they've done it so many times. They've got... They do... They they'll fall back on things. They're right? comfortable with the unknown. Yeah. They've got a few... Almost... Pre they're, they're prepared to improvise. So your... Your intuition is probably... It could be biased, but you're probably... Got, you've got more... Experiences, stroke... Um, situations to draw on that might give you a wider cast your net wider mm. with that with that intuition yeah have you seen that documentary yes what did you think i was quite um surprised about it um what did you expect i know it was i expected um a different style of coaching what, what made was, you watch it just that interest i think it was just something i was just I was Netflix surfing. Okay. And it was, you know how it's very clever at just suggesting yeah. the next thing. And I think it was just because I watched a Louis, a Louis Theroux documentary uh, or something. Or it was Darren another, Brown or something like that. Yeah, suppose, another yeah. Um, connected documentary. Um, <clears throat> but he, his name popped up. And I know uh, from our conversations, I knew, knew his name. And I knew he's a very successful man. Mm. And I was just quite surprised at his kind of um, approach, his style. Surprised and not surprised because he's a very big man, isn't he? He's, I mean, huge. he's six feet eight or something like that. He's is he? and he's he's just extraordinary. Everything about large. him is massive. His hands are massive. Yeah. His voice is massive. And he's just quite a presence. Yeah. And I think that is part of his. Um, I'm not going to say act because that's the wrong thing, but it almost seemed like a stage managed act, the way he was. They hype the crowd up. Yep. They, they massively pump these. Uh, so, so if you haven't seen the documentary, it's very good, um, and it's on Netflix. It's the I am not your guru. I am not your guru. Mm. It's called, um, 
and it's about a particular event that Tony Robbins does, um, which has uh, a very good following. They do it every year in the, in the US. It's called Date with Destiny, and it's 2,500 people that are um, gathering in a, in a hotel in. Not anymore. Florida. Not at the moment. <laughs> Not no. anymore. Not at the moment. It's all online at the moment. But um, yeah, and basically these people um, are there for six six days. Is it? It was a long time. Days. I remember it was a long. And, and they really hour, long days. Twelve wasn't hour days for six days, maybe. Maybe it's six <clears> is wrong, but um, a long time. And they invest a lot of money. And a lot of people like saying that they give their they sell they sell their furniture and they give up their jobs. Mm. They beg for money from their friends <coughs> to attend these events, and a lot of people walk away with them from these events with life-changing yeah. experiences. So it's you know the, the hype around it is very big. Mm. But even when these people were in the event, so four million people have attended his yeah. seminars. So, but when they're in this event, just the way it was filmed, it was the the attendees, these two thousand five hundred people in one room, are pumped up to, to kind of fever pitch to a before, suggestible state. Yes, before he even gets in on the room. stage mm. so and back to Darren Brown that is exactly what Darren Brown does so for because I was I applied one of my many yeah. auditions for many shows people will know but I applied for a Darren Brown show and I was invited to audition in London in a room with 500 people sat on rows in a cinema style and then they bring Darren Brown in. He arrives in a taxi, very showbiz, uh, late. He's always late. And he arrives for it. And they bring him out and on stage. And he does a bit of piece to, piece to, to the crowd. And he does a couple, number of exercises. And they're basically trying to pick out suggestible people. Okay. So either people that um, could be hypnotised, stroke, a bit, bit yes, a level of, of acceptance to mm. his, um, his questions. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe. But a lot, I didn't make the cut because... I wasn't suggestible enough. Okay. So, um, but you're—he's priming that audience, that crowd, with mm. people who want to believe and want to do the things that yeah. he's suggesting. It's, it's um, borderline manipulation, yeah. And that's I mean, why I was worried. I, it, it, a lot of things jolted with me about the Tony Robbins things, and I was all, all a bit. Oh, I found it really difficult. As you know, I'm not. I find it very difficult. Very rare do I have a very strong opinion about something. Um, and so I, I'm often torn. That's why I don't have favourites, um, because I can't really just jump land on one side of the fence. And I was quite torn watching it, thinking, on the one hand, he genuinely seems to be doing this for good reasons. He wants to help people, and people seem to be getting helped by it. But he crossed a number of ethical lines that I wouldn't be comfortable. Well, I, I don't think should be crossed. As a coach, as a as, as a, a coach, yeah. but maybe he doesn't call himself a coach. I don't know. Maybe maybe I he's not. I wouldn't know if he. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if he. He probably call, doesn't need to be a member of the ICF, does he? I doubt it. Um, and I worth imagine, half a billion dollars. I wouldn't imagine he um, advertises it as a. But he he calls them interventions, doesn't he? So yeah. He was talking about interventions with people in the crowd. He started off, but I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of, you're not broken, which is kind of a coaching stance as opposed to a therapist stance, which is a therapist saying, we can fix you. Yeah. It's quite a generalisation, but he was yeah. trying to imply that people weren't broken. And a lot then, of the questions he was asking at this, in certain points were very coachy, were very yeah. open and, and non-suggestive. But at the then, end came back to daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was a lot of that. And trying to lie and just huge leaps back to connecting it to, to parental um, discomfort and all this type of stuff but and then would make 
bold suggestions and bold observations which designed to get an inflammatory or an emotional response powerful yeah. I remember now you said I remember there was there was something he got someone to break up with with on their the boyfriend phone, yeah. on the phone in front like, of these people in front of 2000 people <clears throat> so talking about coaching and, and ethics and things so from a coach's perspective it's always got to be the client's agenda and the coach isn't supposed to tell people what to do no and he I mean he another thing is he uses quite evocative language quite deliberately he uses quite aggressive swearing cursing um, but he effectively told this person to get their phone out and to and to phone her boyfriend and, and put him out of his misery if you like get your fucking phone out he did um, but apologies and I, I can because I, I remember speaking to my wife about this I said, you can't do that you can't do that but then right before she did he, he sort of he said, looked at yeah. the camera yeah. and said but I'm not telling you to do this you, do you this. only do this if you want to do it you can't be Tony told you to can't be Tony told but he then said to so the rest of the room two, two and a half thousand people should she do it yeah which is, is and that's he's not telling her but he is telling her <laughs> do you know what I mean it's that yeah kind of crowd baying and yeah. I think that's that's quite similar Spot. to a leader's position from an agile in an agile organisation in that they've been brought up to tell people what to do and now they know they're not allowed to so I'm not telling you to do this but I think you should <laughs> <laughs> what does everyone else think yeah what does yeah. everyone else think <laughs> I think this what does everyone else think <laughs> we've all been in that meeting room where um, yeah and there, there's some great um, tweets in there about saying like kind of what, what's really being said I, it's, like people say <clears throat> I hear what you're saying but so I completely disagree with what you're saying. Mm. This is what we should do instead. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's. I don't know. It's quite evocative for me because like, it's something that I really, really, really try hard not to do. <clears throat> it's quite important to me. But the the, the person in question, she, I think she found it really difficult, didn't she? But is she, it still the lady that w- yeah. wanted to split up with them? Well, she didn't want to. But it, yeah, have you been to got to the end of the documentary yet? Oh, I did, yeah, yeah. With the, the credits at the end. Yeah, she... Say. She didn't eventually break up. Oh, they got back together? Yeah. Okay. So that was... A lot of it, I think, was the environment. If you're in that kind of environment where, where it's suggestible well, that's, yeah. people are saying do things, then, you, you know, just to conform, you'll do it. But that's the whole... Is it sustainable thing, isn't it? So... Yeah, maybe they maybe they, they leave there. They got all their energy up, and yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to be that person. Yeah. And then they leave, mm. and then they just go back to normal. Mm. And quite similar to agile, right? You get the energy of a training course, or a kickoff, or an all hands call, yeah. or a consultant comes in, or someone like that. And oh yeah, let's do this, this, do this. Uh, and then as soon as you leave the room just life just carries on again and you go back to your old habits yep <clears throat> I think the difference is with those things that and I do believe a lot of what they say is that a lot of people have because it's such a, an expensive event mm. I mean for the, I'm sure it's more now but well maybe not right now because it's all online but at the time I think it was about $9,000 to attend recently to attend a, de- a date with destiny event face to face with Tony Robbins 
and people that's a serious investment yeah. of money for, for a lot of people that would be making that decision to do that First part of it, isn't and it? If, you're, if you're paying that money, you're then you're more committed, and it's, and it's you're it's, more invested in getting yeah. something out of it. But is that the right thing? No. Well, it could be. You're more committed to doing something on the back of it. You'd, you'd like to think so. If it's the right thing. I wonder. I'd be interested in. I wonder how many um, of their sign-ups are individuals, or whether they're companies buying ten tickets, or you know what I mean. I don't know. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But I got the impression from the documentary they were mainly couples or individuals. Yeah, I got that impression as well. Yeah. Rather than, it didn't seem a particularly corporate crown, did it? No. But again, that could just be the editing. It's all very cleverly uh, disguised. We don't really know what goes on. No. But he's quite a powerful character. There's there's so much in that, in terms of just the presence. Mm. Incredible speaker. Mm -hmm. Told stories personalise them mm-hmm. just had a you know that when people say they have an aura about them he had that not just his physical size but he was look people in the eye when he get really close to them really close to yeah. them look them in the eye empathise with them but also abuse them verbally yeah. some of the time yeah. um, and call them names yeah all sorts. yeah it's uh it's a risky strategy. I know there's some people out there, and actually, I, th- I think some of them said, you know, when they sort of interviewed them afterwards, don't they? Out of the ro- they're out yeah. of the room, and they said he was horrible to me, but that's what I needed. Yeah. Now I know abuse. Uh, uh, people who are abused say I, I deserve this. Or, yeah. And I, it's, it's, uh, he, he was playing a very risky game. I would say a lot of the time. But I think that is part of his. But sometimes people need need that mirror. They need to see the but reflection, don't they? You do. And you're, are you interested in your thoughts on this? Do people, um, are, am I more am I more likely to pick a coach to, depending on the type of coaching I need? So if I need where I am in that point in my life or where I am with that particular issue, do I need to, if I need to, if I want to, if I feel I need to be told what to do, or if I feel I feel I need to be handled much more directly on something that I need to I need to mm. be more powerful. I need someone as powerful. To give me that strength, I think that tells. I think it says a lot about where you are in terms of how committed you are to whatever changes on yeah. your mind. Because I think subconsciously, if you're not really up for it, you'll choose someone that you know won't succeed. Yeah, um, we've all got that saboteur within us. But, but interesting. Again, from memory, my memory's not the best, but I'm sure a couple of them said I was. I was told to come here or, or somebody suggested that I see you yeah. that kind of thing rather than I've sought you out I don't know maybe that's yeah. not true but you know if if, um, if I knew you uh, and I knew there was someone out there that would give you the kind of intervention that you needed then I would be mm. suggesting that to you maybe you wouldn't see it I don't know mm. yeah. <clears throat> yeah I thought that was surprising you spending thousands of dollars someone that without really knowing who they are mm. called Tony and you'd think if you were spending $6,000 or whatever it is you'd do a bit of research <laughs> you know rather than just a, a friend that recommends yeah I mean if you do your research on him I think you well you probably find very mixed messages but I mean he's been incredibly successful and mm. got and he's coached again, rave reviews from very famous people Michelle Obama and um, all sorts of 
politicians, mm. actresses, yeah. actors, musicians, big names mm. to have on your CV. Yeah. And the part of me thinks he must be doing something right. Yeah. I say it. Like you said, a lot of people there left feeling like they've, they've had life-changing moments. And we will never know. No. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know the success or the failure stories off the back of it. But you'd think a lot of that stuff must come from word of mouth. I mean, there's a marketing machine behind it, I'm sure. But, yeah, if everybody went there and they spent six grand and got nothing out of it, word would spread pretty quickly that he's a charlatan. But people obviously tell each other or word gets around that he's there's been a lot of success stories. Um so yeah, I, I I I come back to my comment. I think I think I, I perhaps I'm easily duped, but I got the impression that he was doing it for good and I think there were good results mm. there. Mm. Um but it was such a dangerous game, such a grey area. I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. Yeah. Be interested to know our listeners' thoughts on it if they've watched it. What do they think? Mm. Well, something else has come to mind now because during during coaching there are times when people say just just tell me what to do they don't really feel they have the energy what do you do in that situation as a coach how do you well my, my guess out is, is, is and it's fairly genuine there's a huge amount of, I think there's a huge amount of integrity to it in that I genuinely I don't know okay alright um, I can empathise with people but like I, it's the same kind of indecision that I have when I say I can't really land on one side of the fence I don't really know what to make of the Tony Robbins documentary I don't really have a strong opinion about many things it's rare that I think this is the answer yeah. even for me let alone other people um, so it's, it's quite genuine when I say I don't know what you should do um, so, so in those situations uh, what I would typically do is say I don't know and mean it um, but I'd also play back some of the threads and maybe that's an element of intuitions coming back into this again because they probably haven't directly said this is what I want to do or this is what I think we could do but I play back some of the things that I've sensed from what they've said and I say it sounds like you've thought about this or it sounds like you're leaning towards this what does that say to you where would that go Um, because I think in those situations people are looking for just either they've got too many options or they don't feel they've got any viable ones and so I'd like to look at one that they would like to do and look at the assumptions behind where they don't think it's viable. Yeah. So could we make that option that you would like to do for more viable? That's probably how I would typically deal with it. Yeah. So when you're, when you're down and you're, you're, you're feeling a little bit like things aren't going to work out, it's easy to see all the problems and how why it won't work. Mm. <clears throat> but if you can get some... Yeah, I would. In an ideal world, I would love that to happen, but it won't. Mm. Okay, I can work with that. So let's work with why it won't. What would what would need to happen for it to work? Mm. Okay, don't don't say why won't it work because they'll come up with endless reasons. Yeah, and then it just becomes an argument. But what would need to happen for it to work? Mm. Mm. How did we get onto intuitions? I don't know. <laughs> it was um, <coughs> something about cider, wasn't it? Yeah. No remember. idea. No what idea. To do with my drink. I can't remember. 
but as you can see, it's, it's dark. dark. It's dark already. The downside is that summer has come to an end. Early nights. Nights are drawing in. It's only like 7.30. It's all right. Find someone with a nice so we're going fire. we go fishing tomorrow. Yes. We're going to catch lots of fish. Going so out to sea. Stay tuned. We'll put some pictures up. All right, well... I'm. Uh, You're empty. Yeah. I'm full. I'm full. I'm on the second pint. Time for another one. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers, everybody.